0: Hello, hello, hello! Welcome back to
1: Let's Talk Film Bitches Bitches.
0: A, I have not seen you in so long. It's I been, know, it's
1: been so goddamn been long. So Where have you been?
0: I know, I know. I mean, it's not like we've been present in each other's lives every single day.
1: Yeah. Not I mean, at all. We were supposed to play Minecraft last night and you patched me by going to sleep early.
0: Well, excuse me, but 11 o'clock came around. I had been working all day. Then I had to go do a quiz at night, because I'm a quiz host as well as my normal premium job. And I said, okay, let's play eleven. Where was Anna? Watching Jacksepticeye. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you think you thought I wouldn't call you out on the mate? You were wrong.
1: <laughs> okay, well, shall we just roll the track down?
0: I can tell this is going to be a very fun episode. Yes, yeah, so let's do it. We're let's, yeah, let's so
1: our fantasy tonight. <laughs> let's do it. Uh, here it comes. Let's
0: talk. Oh. Bitches!
1: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what? How did you say that? Rollerpots and
0: it's
1: so fat. It's I don't know what to say.
0: <laughs> With me.
1: And Anna.
0: I'm a regular Jonathan Larson
1: oh I did not get that <laughs> it's okay. not like
0: it's the film we're talking about today remember
1: it's not like I just watched it an hour ago
0: <laughs> okay Anna before we get on to Tick Tick Boom shall yes. we move on to Scene Shuffle
1: yes let's do it
0: move on we don't have anything to move on from even though I do we're want moving to on something. from the
1: epic introduction music that you just heard epic into
0: introduction the
1: even more epic Scene Shuffle.
0: I'm so excited. So, just a wee bit of background on Scene Shuffle this week. So you will have seen on our Instagram at LFTB Podcast.
1: At LTFB Podcast in actuality.
0: Oh god, I always get it wrong. L I know it's LTFB. Really LTFB. Well, damn so us for making such fast. a such a stupid acronym for our podcast. It's not podcast like
1: Podcast over. <laughs>
0: so you can find us on instagram at ltfb podcast and this week we spun a wheel to decide our seed and shuffle prompts didn't we anna
1: yes and what did the wheel land on neve
0: sequels are they necessary
1: interesting i have a lot to say
0: me too i i had a proper think about this and i listened to um part of a podcast um that kind of has the same like a similar like Oh, scene gene. Shuffle kind of place, um, yeah. they call it Nerdy Couch Discussions, um, where they just talk about random, random film stuff as well. Um, nice. But I listened to one, and they were, they were really in depth about it. So I definitely were, was able to like develop my own opinion on it. From yes. There. So, um, yeah. So, so, where do you stand on sequels?
1: It's a mixed bag. There's there's franchises that have good sequels, and then franchises that have Awful sequels that never should have seen the light of day ever
0: Yeah, well, I in think,
1: cinema history.
0: I think it's quite important to, like, differentiate between something that is, like, a franchise and something that is a sequel. Because, yeah. to me, a, a franchise is one big story that needs to be spread out over... Like, it, it's necessary to be spread out. Okay. Like, like The Hunger Games, you know, obviously that was... yeah
1: yeah yeah totally
0: but something like toy story didn't need a sequel no but
1: but it was a good sequel and that's like two three and four all respectively earned their way into pixar's hall of fame because they all brought something unique and different to the table I, i don't
0: think that four did because four i think there's a real big difference between Toy Story 2 as a sequel and Toy Story 4 as a sequel because Toy Story 2 you know obviously we thought as like well we weren't alive when Toy Story came out but the audience thought okay they were satisfied with that ending like yeah they would like to see a sequel and see how these characters would react again but there wasn't like a what's going to happen wasn't a need
1: for a sequel
0: yeah and with Toy Story 2 we see a perfect development of the characters there's really like we learn more about them which is exactly what we want to happen we're introduced Mm -hmm. to new characters and we know that okay this is this is good toy story 4 completely shatters everything that we've built up through toy story 1 2 and 3 that we know about these characters because suddenly at the end woody is like you know woody literally chooses but
1: that's his character journey in toy story 4 that's what makes it so interesting it's not another oh kids are the best we should like ditch everything and serve our children it's it's his journey with Bo Peep and looking that there's a life beyond serving a child, and that every time he's just gonna get discarded and try to find a new child, and the cycle's gonna go on and on and on and on. But when you're at this playground and they're finding to- like families for toys, like it's I just felt that it was so rewarding but- seeing him move on past his like existential crisis of like and. Uh, Toy Story 1, 2 and 3 were like, oh my god, Andy doesn't love me anymore.
0: No, I don't think they were about that though. It was about like, it was about them being a family, like the toys. And like the thing, see, if in Toy Story 4, the whole gang had said, okay, let's ditch Bonnie. It was the fact that him and Buzz split up and they were like, okay, because they've, they've... in Toy Toy Story 3 though, in Toy Story 3, Woody was like, oh yeah, I'm going to stay with you guys. Like that's the whole thing. They were like, we're in this together. That was the whole that was the whole message of this. And they moved on from Andy. They moved on from him. Like, yeah, that but, was...
1: but Bonnie wasn't the right place for Woody.
0: Yeah, well we didn't need because to know he that.
1: Got, he we got, got ditched
0: need to... and... <laughs> we, did not... <laughs> <laughs> we did not need to Was it you can say anything you want about stranger things or lord of the rings or you know those movies but when it those comes are
1: franchises to,
0: well when it comes to the toy story franchise and anything pixar i have the final say here on ltfb podcast and toy story 4 was an abomination for so many pixar fans like, like
1: so did ma- you say you liked it though
0: well i like it like in terms of like the animation style and stuff but it's definitely just like it cuts the story like it was so unnecessary they had a perfect ending in toy story 3 why would you need to continue that
1: like- well the i feel like the ending to toy story 3 was the ending to andy's story and toy story yeah, 4 was the that. ending to woody's story <laughs> <It's> whether <laughs> you like it or not
0: oh my god right okay guys okay Anna and i are gonna have to like fight about this
1: ding <laughs> ding ding i won
0: I, yeah, well, that's somewhere where we obviously disagree. But even so, yeah. this brings me to, our sequels just a money grab? Because, in my opinion, both Toy Story 4 and Lightyear were money grabs. Like, oh,
1: yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, every know, single sequel is a money grab because they do so much better than their predecessors.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, but then that comes to the question, like, like does it ruin the story? And Toy Story, this Toy Story franchise, bar Toy Story 4 create a story that we don't feel like it's just like a waste of money. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, we don't think it's a waste of time. Whereas, like, yeah. there were so many, like, Disney Disney classic direct-to-video sequels. Like,
1: oh, my God.
0: Like, Cinderella 2. Aladdin. And Aladdin. And they the just pump these out. And those don't There's add a anything reason, to the story. Yeah.
1: There's a reason why it's direct-to-video as well.
0: Yeah. But it, do you know it was interesting? That Toy Story 2 was going to be direct-to-video. Really? Toy Story 2 was planned to be direct to oh God. But um Disney called them up and were like, "Hey, we we're, we're going to put this out in theaters." And basically they had like 9 months until, like the, but the date didn't change. So they had this story and John Lasseter who was like really, you know, founded Pixar and the Toy Story franchise and stuff. He wasn't involved in Toy Story 2, and then he was called in to Toy Story 2, and I heard the other day that the the animators and the people at Pixar were working like 34 hour shifts. I know, and to get this movie finished, and John Lasseter basically rewrote the whole plot of Toy Story 2 for the theatrical release in a weekend, because it had a completely well, not completely different plot, but apparently there were different villains and different. Did Toy Story 2 like
1: also get like deleted?
0: Yeah, it did. It got like deleted. What and a it whirlwind
1: was... of a production.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, it's definitely worth it because Toy Story 2 is arguably, oh my god, my words, Toy Story 2 is arguably... Do you mean Toy Story
1: 4 is the best one of them all? Mm,
0: Would you say, Mm. what, would you say it's the best one? Toy Story 4 is the best... No, I
1: think Toy Story 3 is the best one.
0: Yeah, I think so, but, well, I would say that... But Toy Story
1: 4 is just a different experience.
0: Yeah, that didn't need to happen. It is the but biggest... But I'm still glad it
1: happened, though. But... Like, because I also grew up with Toy Story, so I can see you just like, hmm, yes, Anna, yes, tell them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like Toy Story 4 is, like, the most sequel of Toy Story 2 and 3, because... Do you know what I yeah, mean? Like, I it's can so see se- that. Yeah, I can see it's that. It's so then. separate, and it's like, you know... In Toy Story Three, we meet Bonnie and we're like, okay, that's fine. She's with,
1: yeah.
0: you know, she's got all these toys now. But then it's like we don't expect to see any of her story or anything like that. So it's like it's like this lovely bracket, and then there's this weird little bracket at the end. that's like, but by the Toy way, 4, they don't we end up don't happy.
1: Really, see Bonnie's story except for the fact that she makes a fork in, in kindergarten and then they go on holiday. I have to say it's, though, I do love Forky. Forky is cool. Forky's cool. <laughs> but I love. They wasted um, him.
0: He was wasted. He should have been What do you him. mean he
1: got He asked a question <laughs> at <on> Disney Plus? <laughs> <sighs> okay, right. So, likewise <laughs> with last week, I have five franchises I think had okay sequels or like deserve sequels.
0: See if see if If Toy Story 4 is, like, your number one, like, definitely best sequel ever. It is, isn't it? I can see you. Oh, my God. Right, okay, go ahead. And then
1: five franchises that have bad sequels.
0: Toy Story 4. So,
1: Shrek 2 is probably the best sequel for animated film. Like, it is just a a flawless masterpiece.
0: I always get Shrek 2. Is Shrek 2 the one where Fiona is with the birds and she's singing?
1: No, that's the first one.
0: No, it is. No, no, no. It is the second... No, remember? Th- no, not when she's singing. When they're all like...
1: That's Shrek the third.
0: No, 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 no. Oh my god, there's so many instances. No, Fiona is like in far, far away and she's meeting with all the other princesses and they're all locked up. That
1: is Shrek the third. I'm sorry, that is Shrek the third.
0: Is it? No, I swear yeah. it isn't.
1: <laughs> the emotion like, oh my god, my life has been alive. Wait, Shrek is- 2 is the one with the fairy godmother. And they drink a potion that makes them both human. And there's a holding up for a hero segment at the end.
0: Fiora and locked up film. Shrek. Film. I can't believe it's the third one. Shrek the third, okay.
1: I don't know. Yeah. Sh- <laughs> I am not a big fan of Shrek the third. I thought that was about Like, Shrek the third and Shrek four didn't need to happen.
0: No, exactly. Because there's so many... like, Especially with DreamWorks and things. Like, these animated um, studios... Animation studios, like, they... They have one good sequel and then it's like, okay, oh my god, people still love it. Oh my god, more money, more money, more money. And then it's like they make yeah. Shrek the third and Puss and Boots and Shrek Forever After and Shrek and Shrek and Shrek and Shrek everything. And I'm like, go away, Shrek. I mean, have you seen the Shrek Crocs? Yeah. Like, no.
1: I wanted them as a child though.
0: Do you know that I actually I can remember really clearly, we went camping when I was younger, it was just me, my mum and my brother. And we brought this Shrek game with us. It was Shrek the board game. And it was so good. Oh my but God. I'm trying to see if I can find it. It had like little eggs and like they could change bodies. And oh, this doesn't wow. look like it. This does not look like it at all. So like,
1: while while Neve looks that up on the internet, <laughs> I will move on to my number two spot, which was the Dark Knight series. Now that, that really does, it's the Batman, Christopher Nolan films. I don't think you've seen them.
0: No, I haven't. No.
1: But Robbie that is a way. that is a great example of how sequels like continue the story mm-hmm. because in two and in, th- in the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises, there's so many callbacks to the first one, which was Batman Begins. And if because in the Dark Knight Rises, every single villain he's faced up to that point comes back in the film, like for a cameo or like a spot, oh, except. Wow. Heath Ledger who tragically passed away before the film managed to come out um, but yeah I love those films and uh, my dad introduced me to them and, and
0: yeah
1: Robbie F we great. love you Robbie F okay next <laughs> is the Star Wars original trilogy
0: you obviously don't want to talk anymore about Robbie F can we not have a segment Robbie <laughs> F
1: Robbie F time <laughs>
0: Hi, Robbie F., in case you're listening. Now, I would argue that the Star Wars, like, they aren't, like... Just, just,
1: hang on, just to clarify. Robbie F. is my <laughs> dad.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's just not like some that. randomer in the, in the comment section.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, I... See, I oh, It's so hard to differa- differentiate between, like... Oh, see, in my mind, that's, like, a franchise.
1: Oh yeah, totally. But I'm talking about the first three Star Wars that came out in the 1970s and 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the prequels or the no the sequels.
0: No, no. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's like a that's like a big thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Again, and never seen them. I have Toy Story, but we've already talked about Toy Story enough. Uh, and next we have A Quiet Place, which should really be at the top of my list cuz yeah, A Quiet Absolutely. Place part 2 beats the first one. Like, hands down.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think so, too. I think that Quiet Place is perfect. There's nothing, like...
1: Such a great sequel.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and we went to see the second one together in cinemas. Yeah, it was
1: such a great experience.
0: Oh, we were just, like... We were (laughs)
1: terrified.
0: (laughs) It reminds me so much of, like, Stranger Things, though. And, like, although I hadn't seen Stranger Things until, like, very recently, like... I was, I don't know, like, I, I associate it with kind of same, like, you know, they're in a kind of world, like dystopian, like, I don't know, like, not dystopian, but like, it's like, bit, especially the second one, that they're going like a journey and like, it kind of reminds me of upside down, like the scenery and stuff, but kind that's of, just yeah. in my brain.
1: That's just in my brain. Yeah, it kind of has the post-apocalyptic vibe of the upside down.
0: Yeah, exactly. Perfect.
1: Yes. So, on to the bad ones. We have Cars too.
0: Yeah. Cars two is
1: not good, but Cars three is great. Yeah. Car- yeah, I seen- got I specifically got Cars two down here. I've seen Cars three. Yeah. And yeah, Cars three. So
0: that Cars two was like definitely like a money thing, like you know, and oh, it just was so far. so like even though I don't I don't hate it, like I think it's like I heard someone talking about it the other day, like it was like a it's like a fun film, but you don't learn anything from it, and like you can just kind of like. It's just like a, yeah. uh, you know. You can't I, watched it this, I watched
1: it in the, I watched in the cinema. I have no idea what happens, and I have n- like nothing, no take, no takebacks out of it. Not this.
0: enough Lightning McQueen.
1: Yeah, isn't there like a like a fa- like a plot line with Mater and yeah? So the, the whole, the spy the whole guys. plot
0: is that Mater like becomes a spy. I'm like they're going on this like World Grand Prix, and Lightning's obviously there, and Mater takes him, and then all the old cars want to kill the new cars and like Vayner has to stop them like it's 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 not okay. good Okay, I'm but sorry
1: but whoever whoever came up with that in the writing room like
0: I, <laughs> you are gosh
1: darn lucky that they went with you
0: <laughs> I honestly I think it was maybe a new director it definitely wasn't any of the greats at Pixar but it was it was a proper, um, probably a new director yeah. let's see let's see if these that is definitely my else.
1: least favourite Pixar film
0: um what right okay let's see okay I've just typed in Cars 2 into Google. People say, was Cars 2 a failure? What was wrong with Cars 2? Is there a Cars 2 movie? Is Cars 2 too violent?
1: It does, it's like people have, people have removed Cars 2 from their memory.
0: <laughs> Let's see who the director is. Oh my God, it's literally John Lasseter. Why? I didn't know that. I thought it was like some new director who didn't like... Directed by John Lasseter Bradford Lewis. Oh, I don't know. Well, not enough okay, Owen Wilson. Yeah. But did you see that they're making a new? You did because you sent me the post about Cars, back on the I road know. Or something, I'm, I'm not as good.
1: excited as you are.
0: And yeah, well, because
1: I was extremely disappointed with Monsters at Work. Like, oh, it was awful. I hated it. Like, but... we watched some together, and I fell asleep <laughs> every time <laughs> we put it on.
0: But I think Owen Wilson and Why are the Cable guy are back for this Cars. I don't know if they were i don't know if they were for monsters at work i don't know if um what's their faces were back um but and i think that was like a more kind of like oh no they were back the originals were back john john goodman and billy crystal were back but i think that that was more like new characters whereas this they've learned from that and they're like okay let's just stick to major and lightning because I love okay. Lightning McQueen. Lightning McQueen is, like, one of my favorite. You favorites. are a
1: Lightning McQueen stan.
0: I, I genuinely want to get, like, a 95 sticker for sauce. Because sauce is red, obviously. Oh my god, I, I
1: really thought you were going to... I want to get, like, a 95 tattoo on my back.
0: <laughs> have you seen the car on TikTok that's, like, completely Lightning McQueen?
1: Yeah, and they got sued I, over it. They got
0: sued, yeah. I think... I, have I mentioned yeah. that before? I think you?
1: we have mentioned it on the podcast.
0: Well, yeah. obviously it's coming back. But I think that's really interesting because Cars 2 was so like Cars 2 and Cars 3 are complete uh, different ends of the spectrum because Cars 3 mm-hmm. even though it's not the best film ever it does a really good job at like the continuation of Lightning's story and and real progress like it's I think it's comparable totally. like to like story-wise to Toy Story 3 with like having to move on and make that like yeah, sacrifice. Totally. Um and I do really like that film and I always get really like proud that like, you feel like but Toy Story 4 is like if they made a Cars 4 and it's like, Lightning doesn't, like, like they don't race at all. Lightning
1: goes into retirement at, at Radiator Springs.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, like, no, not even that. It's like, no, this is what it would be. To be on par with Toy Story 4, Lightning would have to, like, go back to the big city and, like, not speak to anyone ever. That is exactly the same.
1: But he, go- he goes with Bo <laughs>
0: Yeah, but Bo Peep can suck it. But Bo-, Bo Peep left him. Bo Peep can suck it.
1: Bo Peep <laughs> didn't leave. He, she got booted out of well, the villa. Well,
0: uh, I don't care. I don't care. Right, let's move on. Let's okay. move
1: on. Venom, let there be carnage. All sequel. Watched in the cinema. Did not like it. I don't oh, know. I
0: haven't seen it. But I... watched
1: I, the first one. They even set up, in the post credit scene, they set up Spider-Man No Way Home. Like yeah. them coming into the multiverse.
0: Yeah.
1: And then he, all, all Venom has in the in the post-credits, as a, as a post-credits scene. Which is just ridiculous. Like, what a waste. Yeah. Is it,
0: is it Marvel or is it Marvel Studios? Like, m- like associated with Marvel At Studios? At this point, I have no idea. Because, you know, what's that film? I saw a film in first year and it was so bad. And it was, m- like, associated with Marvel Studios. I can't it wasn't even... the X-Men, was it? No, um oh it was about these people that had powers and, and what's her face was in it the the girl from the oh the girl from, from uh, Game of Thrones was in it. Um, oh, have it
1: Maisie something
0: yeah is it Maisie Maisie Peters Marvel film I'm doing a lot of googling this episode you are Marvel film and she was gay in it The New Mutants 2020 American superhero horror film based on the Marvel Comics team of the same name yeah it had Anna, It had Anya Taylor Joy in it before and Charlie Heaton as well. Oh gee. Oh, Hang yes. on, is it
1: on Disney Plus? It must be.
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but it it came out in twenty twenty. Macy Williams, Anya Taylor Joy, Charlie Heaton, Alice Braga, Blue Hunt, Henry Zaga and Adam Beach. Actually, I did know that Charlie Heaton was in it, because I was like, wait, isn't that... And then, of course, in 2020, I had not watched Stranger Things at all. I was like, oh yeah, I'm too cool to watch Stranger Things. And I was like... I do like Charlie Heaton's mm. character in it, though.
1: As Jonathan?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I like Jonathan.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm Steve all the way.
0: Oh, piss off. Right, we... Right, okay, we... <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is uh, LTFB, Neve versus Anna, this yes. episode. Yes. Um, okay, okay number <laughs> three.
1: Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Okay, Jurassic Park 2 and 3. No. Jurassic World 2 and 3. No. <laughs> Next.
0: <laughs> enough said.
1: Uh, enough said. Like, the originals are just really good. Jurassic World should have been Jurassic Park 2. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> number just four. Just saying, guys. Just saying. Yeah. Ghostbusters, And I'm not talking about the reboots, I'm talking about the the sequel that came out, like four years after the original.
0: Oh, I haven't seen that. I didn't even know there was a sequel. What's it called?
1: Ghostbusters 2.
0: Oh, well that sounds awful.
1: It's not. It's literally a carbon copy of the first film. But instead of Stay Puft the Marshmallow Man, it is the Empire State Building. No, the Statue of Liberty
0: yeah, <laughs> that, that walks like- around
1: town standby oh, Empire State how, Building. How,
0: I was going to say, how would they do that? Like, is it some weird like? Oh, I don't know.
1: I I cannot remember. But it I is always just...
0: I always thought the Marshmallow Man like looked like the guy, the tire guy, the Michelin. Yeah. Man. Yeah, he's he's always who I think of.
1: Yeah, and lastly, we've got Fantastic Beasts.
0: As a sequel to Harry Potter.
1: No, I'm talking about The Crimes of Grindelwald and The Secrets of Dumbledore.
0: Honestly, I think we just needed to stop. Like, just why make stop. more Harry... High- like, I don't think you needed Fantastic Beasts mm. at all. Like, just stop. Like, yeah. Those were, like... We hate J.K. Rowling here. Obviously, oh, yeah. we're not endorsing J.K. Rowling, but...
1: I haven't seen uh, The Secrets of Dumbledore because I'm not paying to go to the cinema to watch a J.K. Rowling film.
0: No. No, not at all. Nah, She can get fucked.
1: And it's an awful, it sounds like everybody says it's really bad.
0: Yeah. I don't care. Like, just, just like leave your characters alone and like,
1: yeah, just let them rest. Yeah. Move on to something else.
0: It's not, it's like their time has come and gone. Like, yeah. Oh my God. I need to tell you about this though. So speaking of Harry Potter, today I was in, um, maybe you can tell that Anna and I have not spoken at all today because I have been out all day um so this is like Anna and I's first time speaking today Um i was out yes. in edinburgh today um and there is this like tour guide and i've seen him a few times and he's dressed in like a whole wizard's costume and it's like a harry potter like oh my ha- god harry potter like edinburgh is a big thing for harry potter so this guy and i've made eye contact with him a few times like and he's okay. just he's just there in the whole like wizard
1: Oh and, my god, that's I, so
0: cute! I first noticed that one of the the people in the group were wearing like a nine three quarters like jumper, and I was like, "God, who still wears Harry Potter merch?" And then um, I saw the wizard, and I was like, "Oh, that's why." <laughs> no offense He's to anyone who still wears Harry Potter merch. No offense. Yeah, I I wear a Just big fan. Just don't wear Fantastic Beasts merch, so, please. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So
1: okay. So to sum up, sequels, yeah or nay?
0: Nay. It's like yeah. in in German we have a word, and I only learned this word this year, um, because we had a new German lecturer, and it is "jain." Yeah. Jain. Like when we'd give Jain. like she'd ask us to translate something and she'd go,
1: "Jain," like. Yes and no, like Yay.
0: yeah and nine, Yay. yeah.
1: So wow. that is our answer. Yeah, if you do it good, you've got it. If you don't, you've just ruined your story.
0: You just lose your legacy, basically. Yeah. And like, is exactly. that really worth the money? Like, when you ruin the story for so many people.
1: Yeah, when you ruin, when you ruin what you've worked on for years. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, sequels beware.
0: Sequels beware. Okay, so now we are going to talk That's... about our pick of the week. I we get... <laughs> this, you might be wondering, guys, you seemed fine during scenes shuffle. Why are you laughing so much? <laughs> well, we're le- coming le- from the le- editing studio. <laughs>
1: Let's also you know that this is now two days later than our recording <laughs> day, and uh. we have just witnessed a possible end of the world situation here where neve's audio was corrupt and yeah. the pick of the week and plot segments of this episode so we are having to go and re-record be like taylor swift re record our, p- our oh episode oh no you
0: stole my taylor swift joke i was just about to say i was like oh i've got a joke to tell i was like are we taylor swift it's <laughs> time to do a re-recording <laughs> yeah. our first re-recording first,
1: first re- seven episodes in our first re-recording how do you feel
0: that's not too, that's not too bad though i think that's okay yeah.
1: i think yeah, we could exactly. we could
0: have and you know i think i've spoken about like our situation in the past like in terms of um us doing it remotely and yeah when you're doing it remote like of course something like this is going to happen at one point exactly. or another so um the best thing is just,
1: to just press on
0: i'm just so glad that our toy story debate was saved that's the first oh thing oh my god
1: yes there Cause are some epic because <laughs> this episode spoiler this episode is fierce
0: Yes, I'm so, so glad so that, that not all of it fears.
1: got corrupted. So we're yeah. going up until the character points. You're going to be reverted back to old and Anna. but we yeah, are we'll going to we'll we're going to be bye, little, bye. worry. Yeah, we're going to be we'll little ins for pick of the week and <laughs> the plot plot stuff.
0: So pick of the week for you, Anna. Yes. I gave you Bridget Jones' Diary. What did you think? Yes.
1: Loved it. I absolutely loved it. I'm sorry, i just got to go over how weird it is talking about this again.
0: I know, I know. <laughs> oh. So,
1: yes. Because uh, I know I s-
0: exactly how you feel about it now. Like, I know exactly yeah, what you I said. Know,
1: I know that you're going to shut on Moxie right after me. Whoops! <laughs> um, yes, so uh, I said before, I, in my British cinema module, I had the chance to watch this, but I chose not to. I chose to watch Notting Hill instead. So I was really happy to get the opportunity to watch this now, and I I thought it was hilarious. Like I absolutely loved it. Such a comfort yeah. film.
0: It's really it's really funny and it's really relatable. I think every you know no matter what age you are watching this film. I can't remember what age I was when I first watched Bridget Jones, but I remember just feeling like Bridget Jones is such a great character because you would not only feel sympathy for her, but you feel related to her in some yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. And she's so relatable, but at the same time, you're like, oh, feeling so sympathetic for her. She's
1: a, mm. she's a great character. And she's really likeable as well. Like, some of these, like, these yeah, happy-go-lucky think... rom-com main <laughs> characters are just, like, you, Not for me, I think sis. it's
0: because she's so real, and the narration, like, really, like, because she's yeah. narrating the whole thing, and she's, you know, saying the things that are in her head and stuff, you know, um, but I know that she was not your favorite character because one thing no, I am sad so, that was cut <laughs> yeah, was, was my Hugh had an Grant conversation. Yes, you you thirsted about I Hugh Grant. I love
1: Hugh Grant, and I am oh. I'm just yes. Yeah, so you need to
0: when, you need to cut your audio from the last recording about just like your spiel about how much you love him yes. and pop it in here. Here it comes.
1: Yeah, here it comes. <laughs> Hugh Grant. I I I love Hugh Grant. So much. Hugh Grant is so hot in this film, like huh. Yeah, so basically
0: okay. that's what Anna said. There
1: so yes. you go. So my first star was that it was hilarious and for those of you who have seen the BBC show Miranda will know that I got a lot of inspiration from this film. Like so many of the jokes, like the mum Uh trying to find a husband for Bridget. And mm-hmm. her work environment, the people she is like attracted to, just her like, just her everyday ass outlook on life is so similar to Miranda, and I love that because, as when you, you know, said that,
0: it was like everyday ass, and I was like, ass, <laughs> everyday ass, and I was like, I know that's not what you were trying to say, but no. that's what it sounded like.
1: Wow! Thank you. <laughs> uh, yes, my second star, of course, the amazing Hugh Grant loved him he is so hot
0: <sighs> hugh grant is good but he's nothing compared to patrick dempsey in the third one which we talked about as well yeah we-, we also
1: talked about how <laughs> hugh grant fucking dies in the third one
0: which anna you need to put your reaction to that in as well even though like yeah. i know my voice will be so corrupted but please just put in your like what <laughs> what <laughs> because she was fucking shocked
1: hugh grant dies what I was so shocked I am so upset that that's not gonna man anyway
0: all over again I know that happens all over again darn this re-recording you have to experience knowing that he's dead again but no I do (sighs) I think I like Hugh Grant is is really good in it and I I I guess it's just Colin Firth always plays the same character to me like he always plays this kind of uptight like kind of guy Gosh. you know yeah yeah whereas yeah. i mean i guess you grant always plays the same character as well because he's in notting hill as well isn't he mm-hmm.
1: yeah i saw him in notting hill earlier this year and mm-hmm. i really loved him he's so like he's in so Nottingham innocent hill. he's and in he's a lot in of rom-coms
0: love actually and he's in oh
1: I see in love actually yeah spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> hint. <laughs> hint
0: hint 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 all i want for christmas. christmas hint 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 hint, hint. <laughs> um he's in that and he's in a great film called music and Lyrics, which is one of my favorite rom-coms Ooh. it's really good i've never
1: even heard of that before
0: well it's re- it's one that not a lot of people know about but it's got my one of my two or two of my favorite actors in it which is hugh grant and um drew barrymore and yes. they're in it together Drew Barrymore's really young and it's basically about this so Hugh Grant plays this uh, guy who's in like a pop band Pop goes my heart that's the song from it and oh my he's trying to write this song a bit like in Tick Tick Boom actually he's trying to write this song but he's got I think she's a cleaner Drew Barrymore plays the cleaner and she is like really good at writing the lyrics and he can write the music but oh, she damn. can write the lyrics so that's why it's called musicals, right, and see. then yeah,
1: and so, but so they on hook and so up, forth. I,
0: I assume. Well, that's the only reason why you'd watch it, isn't it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. yeah. I need to be um, more subtle about my Hugh Grant. My Hugh Grant needs. <laughs> okay, so um, my one wish is that the ending. I didn't get full satisfaction from it um Mm -hmm. i just didn't i didn't feel the chemistry between bridget and mark and i just didn't like mark as a character i'm sorry no i
0: think mark especially I, i think it is in the second one where there's this kind of montage and you see like i don't know if it is in the second one where she like has made a cake for him and she's got nothing but her apron on and she opens the door and she's holding the cake and it's him and like all his business officials
1: oh like, no he,
0: yeah.
1: cringe
0: oh my god cringe, oh, cringe. Can we, oh my god we please can we get a soundboard i really want a soundboard so that we can just have you go cringe <laughs> yeah. that would be the best right guys please donate we're gonna make a patreon a so patreon that you can
1: and only fans account
0: well I Anna, mean, you can you can handle that side. So I will stray away from the only fans, but you can handle oh, yeah, that. sugar daddy <laughs> to fund our soundboard. Oh my god, we can just have you go cringe, cringe, oh, and then M- and then yum, <laughs> cringe yum,
1: cringe yum. Cringe,
0: <laughs> cringe yum, cringe cringe yum, cringe cringe yum. It's like
1: those pets that have a soundboard. Like when they when the owner like gives them a treat and then takes it away, and then the dog goes like, "You bitch."
0: yeah have you seen those those are crazy on tiktok i know what's the dog's name bunny oh that's just strange bunny (laughs) um but yeah i do get what you mean like and like spoiler they do they do have a i can't remember if they break up mark well they do break up because but there's this kind of montage of like them just not having the right chemistry but then again he is and there's something that brings them together again and in, well, it's Mark's funeral. Not Mark's funeral. Uh, Hugh Grant's funeral Mark's, that brings them Hugh together. Hugh Grant is alive? <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Grant's funeral that brings them together in the third one. But maybe it's this, like, opposites attract energy because he is so, like, straight mm-hmm. and, you know, buttoned up and she's, like, really goofy and, like, this kind of perfectly unperfect character. I think that's the best way to describe her. Yeah, perfectly definitely. Because I like she that. knows herself that, like, she's never going to be, like, the... Top model, and even though she's like, "Oh yeah, I need to lose so much weight," and she's like, "skinny as a needle."
1: I know I'm you can barely see her needle. in this film. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, so I just like I didn't want her to get with Hugh Grant's character either. I just I just felt like it would have been stronger if she was just be like, "You know what? Fuck! I don't need a man. I'm good on my own." And then waited.
0: Yeah. Because honestly, I didn't see it for. Of, I yeah. Like, yeah, it's hard to, cause she does have that like. She has this kind of like spinster attitude, but at the same time, mm-hmm. she's like. Will, will you know, hop on Mark Darcy if she sees him, you know. Um, yeah. So. But I
1: don't. I don't know if it's just because she wants. To have a boyfriend by the end of the year, cause she's getting old even though she's only like 32 yeah it's
0: it's it's that thing where like you don't know if it's just because you're getting old or if it's because you're actually looking for love, and love. And if she's like like maybe she's just unhappy by herself because she's like feeling that pressure like maybe if she, she didn't have any pressure on her from her parents or whoever else to get in a relationship she would be fine with her life alone um mm-hmm. so yeah but of it's in, it's interesting actually i think I think that discussion is better than our first discussion on Bridget Jones. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What do you think? Oh, wait, you didn't hear the first one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, yes, I would watch Bridget Jones' Diary again, for sure. I'm
0: glad. Would you give it a... How many stars did you get? Did you rate it on Letterboxd? I
1: did. I believe I gave it... I might even have been generous enough to give it four and a half stars. But I definitely gave it... I definitely gave it four stars, because it's really good.
0: Oh, yeah. I think it deserves... Oh, what did you watch? Oh, you watched Bullet Train. How was it?
1: So I was gonna, I was gonna bring this up next episode, but hey, we're here <laughs> now. <laughs> um, loved it. I love it. Yeah? love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Really recommend it. It just came out yesterday, and I'll get more into this the next episode. But like, it just felt when I went to the see it in the cinema, it felt like the first actual cinema experience in a long time because really? there were so many. There were so many people there, like it was packed.
0: Oh my god! In air? Wow.
1: No, in, in Glasgow because air cinema is hashtag a courtroom during the week
0: yeah that's that's crazy oh my god you did give it four and a half stars that's crazy let's see what the average is 3.4
1: yeah that sounds about right
0: um yeah so my film that you recommended me to watch was Moxie which was directed by Amy Poehler who is in Parks and Rec I do like Amy Poehler I always get her mixed up with Amy Schumer, though. And, like, people, like, shit on Amy Schumer all the time, and rightfully so, because she's a bitch. Um, But I always get her and Amy Poehler mixed up, so I'm like, hey, why are they beating on Amy Poehler? And then I'm like, no, it's Amy (laughs) Schumer. It's Amy Schumer that they're beating on. Um, I didn't enjoy this film. I know. um, Unfortunately.
1: Yeah. When, because every time me and Eve watch one of the pick-of-the-week films or our main film, we don't get Vin into discussion until the podcast, but we do give, like, our, like a one-word kind of review. And yeah. I asked Neve what she thought of and she's just like, didn't like it. I didn't like it at all.
0: Yeah. I d- <laughs> it's difficult, though, because obviously it's trying to tackle a really important issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a somewhat okay... Approach to feminism for young girls and teens, and it's a good way to be like, yeah. "Hey, go do something about it." But at the same time, I felt like this story was like, "Oh, look, we've solved feminism. We we got the we yeah. got the guy expelled," and I thought that they were tackling feminism in a really white feminist way, where she was she was the white girl and she could. Lead this clan like it would have been so much better if Lucy had led things, and it had been more. It, it just didn't have that white feminist attitude to it, and they they tried to combat that by putting in one line about "Don't touch my hair," because mm-hmm. this character that was saying that was black, and obviously,
1: yeah, like,
0: you know it's um. She was saying, "Yeah, and don't touch my hair." And I was like, Mm "Okay, well, we could have done more to fight this, like, because it's not just feminism that's the issue." It's very just
1: glazed over. Yeah. Like, there's one line in it, it just skips back. Yeah, and it's just
0: like racism and feminism go hand in hand. Like that guy, the 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 you know jock guy, wasn't picking on that girl. Wasn't picking on Lucy solely because she was a woman. You
1: know. Yeah. Like exactly. you know uh
0: you know, and obviously you need to like and maybe they were trying to say, Oh yeah, racism isn't a problem in this world. It was just because she's a girl, but obviously like that's not the case. I feel like it itself, would have
1: it would have hated the film to make a problem in the world if that wasn't.
0: If, yeah. Yeah, they just they just director. glazed over race. They just yeah. glazed over it, and instead of addressing it and and having her say, "This is about racism as much as it is about feminism."
1: Yeah. There you
0: go, and that's you know we see so many white feminists that just think that you know it's it's um, that oh yeah we can we've we've trailblazed the way for people, and yeah. like it's even that way like in in the LGBT community a wee bit because people are like, oh my goodness, I think you know, us they forget about the black trans women who started the whole like movement
1: to rebel
0: and those women aren't recognized enough because they're they're trans and they're black. Exactly. That's that's that's, um It's discrimination
1: within the protest of discrimination. It's just crazy.
0: So I definitely think that um, yeah, it was a. If if you're like twelve watching this and you haven't heard about racism before, not racism, you haven't heard about feminism before. This is a good way to be like, hey, time to get inspired. But then again, yeah. it's not aimed at twelve-year-olds because she's literally like, I think I'm gonna have sex. She says in it, it's, so it's obviously yeah, aimed it's at very like sixteen-year-olds.
1: Weird, weirdly, like aimed.
0: And sixteen-year-olds know a shit ton more about feminism than they seem to do in yeah. that film. Like in mm-hmm. that film, they all seem to be like
1: oblivious. The internet exists, and there's a, lots of stuff in the internet to educate people on feminism and race and.
0: Not even, not even the internet exists. It's like real life exists. You know, yeah. like, like you know, I started being, you start, like, being discriminated against because of your gender starts from when you're so from when you're really young do you know what i mean yeah like i remember walking down the street and like i was 12 and getting like catcalled like do you know what i mean like this starts this kind of thing starts really early and for this for these girls to suddenly be like hmm now's the time to do something about it like now oh wait feminism what like Mm -hmm. obviously they're gonna like it's not just like a it's like why now about,
1: why did it happen yeah,
0: now? yeah it needs to like gradually like you know i think yeah but um so yeah i think for my big three um one of my stars was it definitely tried to tackle feminism even if it wasn't completely successful and probably more harmful in an idea of what feminism actually is than than helpful Um yeah. it did approach a sensitive issue no one is going to be like,
1: yeah, what I did like is at the end when he got like, like they really went there by saying that the jock had oh, raped yeah. the girl.
0: Absolutely, yeah. That was that, and I applaud them for that because rape okay. isn't spoken about enough, um, yeah. and it happens. Full stop. Mm-hmm. It happens. So um, that was they. They did that well, and they handled that well. They, they handled did. that very well, but some of the other things and it seemed like as well that they were just like they just put like there was one scene where there was one gay kiss like between two girls and suddenly it was like LGBT approved
1: mm-hmm. like
0: yeah. which did that sh- like you didn't even have like an underlying storyline I know like if they like to me this felt like like it was the same level of cringe that Heartstopper is I know you haven't seen Heartstopper I have but Heartstopper is very like happy-go-lucky cringy sometimes it gets serious and but heartstopper approached its issues a lot like way better than this did and i wasn't like the the biggest fan of heartstopper like don't get me wrong i'm not a diehard heartstopper fan but it definitely did a lot better of a job at approaching the issues that it was tackling um way better than this did Um, my other star not that that was really a star, but other <laughs> star. Um, I like the soundtrack. The soundtrack was good yeah. and reflected the, the tone. But I didn't really. Like, obviously the soundtrack came from the mum. But, like, where was. Like, I. I was a bit confused with the role that A.B. Poor actually played in it. Like, I thought we maybe would have seen a wee bit more of, like. Like because obviously you were meant to establish that she was inspired by her mum, right? Mhm. But I didn't get I think there could have been a wee bit more like meat to that to that um aspect. Like I yeah, think they could have like, they I could agree. have played on that even more and and been like had her ask more questions and I don't know there was Yes.
1: Yeah, it's, it it's,
0: felt a wee bit and then the mum didn't have anything to do about it like maybe it would have been better if the mum had like been in on the zine or the zine is it zine, the zine. i've always i've like always it magazine Mag- magazine though zine yeah so yeah it would it would maybe be better if she had been in on the zine and then like said oh this has gone too far you need to or you know something like that i don't know um mm-hmm. i also was confused when the main character was like why doesn't Dad see? Why doesn't Dad want to see me at Christmas? When there was no mention of her being any having any daddy issues or any insecurity wow. until have... that guy showed up, and suddenly she was like a man hater, like, and obviously like I I like <laughs> I'm using man hater in like a very um
1: broad sarcastic uh, yeah. way
0: there because obviously like you know I'm not. <laughs> see it's so so sensitive like this this stuff mm-hmm. you can say one thing and someone will interpret it one way but i'm not a man hater obviously but i'm a lesbian so there you go yes. um yeah, she, that
1: was very, that up. she was very
0: she was thank you she was very much like like suddenly she was like when she had no when she had no need to be like there was no like we mm-hmm. didn't hear any insecurity before that and then she was like oh why doesn't dad like that was just bullshit for me. That ne- that needed to yeah. be... Like-
1: it sounds like the... It, like, I haven't seen the movies since, like, a year ago. hmm And, I mean, I liked it then, but... But I remember when I came to university for first year, I had not watched a lot of films. Like, I was surprised at how eye-opening... Even, like, stuff like Love, Simon was. And that's... I mean, that's a fine film, but there are so much better films that I was so, like, jaw-dropped that this... Out and proud gay persons on like a main character of a TV show in mainstream. Yeah. So I guess Moxie was the same kind of deal, but maybe if I rewatch it, I might not enjoy it as much as I did.
0: But then you get like this is the thing. People assume that in this generation, films like like Love Simon or or Heartstopper and that represent perfectly what it's like to be gay and you know
1: no, Yeah, and
0: these issues like feminism. But if you're wanting to really educate yourself, go watch But I'm a Cheerleader. Or Yeah. You know, like this is a proper like like depiction of the culture. It's just like these these fel- it's almost like they're trying to put like a straight culture spin on these. I know. Because they make them so like dee d de, 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 de. Oh no, I'm gay. Oh no. And Ah uh, yeah. You know, it just it seems so like it, it for me it just it just feels like I mean I know that that people of this like that a lot of um you know we're looking for representation and straight media is like that, so they're you know you can see I mean, oh, the well, this only
1: is... way to infiltrate straight media, let's be honest, yeah,
0: yeah you know it's having that hey happy go lucky oh my goodness, yeah. what am I gonna do oh no, I've got a crush, oh my god, it's on a boy, yeah. you know. But at the same time, I just think that like, it's a bit, it kind of undermines the other really important work that queer people have done for mm-hmm. cinema and in like, you know what I mean. But as I say, it's it's in in these times, it's the only way to really infiltrate that that barrier of straightness. And yeah. um,
1: and of course, there will be people that relate to Love Simon like way more and see themselves oh, in absolutely the film, but. There are so many other ways of being gay. There's not just one way to be gay. There's yeah, not one way to like be lesbian. But I feel like they're all hitting film, that same note. Exactly.
0: It's all the same tone. It's all the same colour schemes. It's all, all these, the same like, character. These, I know you guys can't see my face, but... Yeah, they're all that, looking up like, all, like, like...
1: Oh my God, me?
0: Yeah, yeah. They all, like, you know, that's fine. If you relate to that, obviously that's great that that's helping you on your journey and obviously it's, it's either it's, it's like either its those
1: ones or it's like they can't be like oh work it fierce hunting let's yes. do this yes queen yeah, either,
0: you know and I just yeah so that's that was my thoughts on Moxie obviously my wish my wish is a mix of <laughs> all those things wish um, I
1: eat your stars
0: <laughs> I'm gonna have to hit the cringe button cringe cringe cringe, cringe. Um, it was it was very cringe, and um, would have been ten times better if Lucy had been the product, the protagonist. It would have been it would have been very, it had it would have had more um relevance in our actual modern day society because not everyone yeah. is white, and not everyone who is a victim of feminism of uh, of misogyny <laughs> is white, and a exactly. lot of the times race plays into that. Mm-hmm.
1: So I think I know the answer when I ask you this, but would you watch Moxie again?
0: I, I made this joke last time and I'll make it again. I've already watched it again. What? <laughs> Jokes. No, I would not watch Shut it again, unfortunately. Sorry. I keep oh. shitting on your films.
1: What was the film last week? Oh, 1917 that you... I mean, you didn't shit on it. You just. No, didn't, I didn't
0: just, shit on 1917 no. at all. And I'm, I, I don't know. I haven't watched... That.
1: Spoiler alert.
0: Oh, <gasps> oh no! Oh no! We can just
1: bleep that out, or like bleep.
0: yeah. Can you please just add a bleep over yeah. it? Don't cut the whole thing. Just add a bleep. Yeah, you guys have to wait and see what the pick of the week for next week is. Yes, but I haven't watched it yet, so I'm excited to watch that, and I have a feeling it's going to be good. I have a feeling I'm going to approach it the same way as I approached 1917, where I like appreciate the yeah the like, w- like what it is. Of course. And it's not—it's something that has like a lot more appreciation than, than a Netflix
1: original. Sh-
0: original that's like can be will be ripped to shreds by film lovers all over the globe.
1: Yeah, <laughs> whoopsie, doopsie.
0: Whoopsie.
1: Okay, right. We are moving a second on. So, to, to third, second summary. So, I was thinking, third, second summary might be considered cheating. If I do it again, because I've already done it. Mm-hmm. So since my audio is fine, yes. we're going to set it up. We're going to like go 30 seconds. And then I'm going to insert the audio of my original 30-second summary. Mm-hmm. And then we'll come right back to you after that has happened. Okay, Perfect. so do you want to set the timer?
0: By the way, guys, just to let you know, we are talking about Tick, Tick, Boom today.
1: Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yes, Tic Tick, Boom. So
0: um, Tick, Tick, Boom It's a 2021 film Again, directed Netflix. It was directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's based on the true story of Jonathan Larson of Rent fame, who died of an aortic aneurysm in 1996. Now, great, yes. great cast lineup. We have Jonathan Larson is played by Andrew Garfield. I think I say this in characters as well. Uh, Susan Wilson is played by Alexandra Ship. Michael is played by Robin de Jesus. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's spelt Jesus, but I know it's not pronounced that way in some cases. Roger Bart is played by Joshua Henry. And Carissa Johnson is played by Vanessa Hudgens of High School Musical fame.
1: Yes. So there you go. Okay.
0: Right, 30 seconds. Let me see. Here comes the timer.
1: Set the timer. And go. Okay, so Jonathan is in a monologue musical about about his time making superbia. He neglects his relationship with his friends and his girlfriend He has to have this big uh, presentation everyone's there it happens it goes really well but he doesn't get he doesn't get um, the the support he wants so he makes another musical called tick tick boom and rent and one of his friends dies from hiv and we're back after that 30 second summary so all i know from the second 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 summary 30 second summary is that i said that um michael died on screen and that was false michael did not die die
0: on screen um i
1: think i got it and i also didn't say that jonathan died as well no jonathan does die but
0: we don't see that we just we just heed about that we don't we don't actually see him die um so to dive into the plot a wee bit further
1: yes let's just shall we go into it yes
0: So, basically, we meet Jonathan Larson, who has been working for about seven years on his um, musical Superbia. And he's really desperate. He's living in this run-down apartment in New York with his friend Michael. And, you know, all he can think about is Superbia. All he can think about is that. And he's got a workshop coming up for his... um, musical to actually finally get it on Broadway. Yes. In the meantime, he's been working at the Moondance diner, while Michael, his best friend, his childhood best friend, has got a job in advertising and is moving out to live on the east side in a lovely big apartment. Yes. So we see that. And obviously this is a musical, so there are a lot of songs slotted in and out throughout that. So... um yeah. And
1: through this, um, we keep cutting back to like, a representation of what happened, like a biopic style, and also a musical monologue called Tick, Tick, Boom that he is performing on stage in front of an audience. Absolutely. And that's kind of how the, the plot is explored, through two different realities, in a sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Which I think is a great... Yeah. Great... Thing to 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 do, but I didn't actually notice that that's what they were doing until like halfway. because yeah. I, th- I thought that they were maybe doing like he was maybe like doing this, and then this was after. Yeah. yeah, um So yeah, we see him performing tick tick boom, and that is that he's relaying the events that we see in the other reality in song. So we see that that's what he's doing. So mm-hmm. he he kind of sweating about his workshop the people that are involved in putting the workshop on are like listen you need a new song for the second half yes the second act even and it was actually steven sondheim who i incorrectly referred to as steven spielberg
1: <laughs> that's right <I> remember. <laughs> in the
0: last recording but steven sondheim is there and he he was the one that said to him at a previous workshop that listen you need a second song so the whole mm-hmm. the whole kind of premise of the first half of the film is Jonathan trying to write this song that he needs, and he's all the while he's so focused, we can see him getting really, really stressed about this. And yeah. in the meantime, his girlfriend Susan, she's been offered a job in the Berkshires, and she's asking whether she should go or not. Michael's having this new job, and he's got everything coming at him, and he's just trying to focus on the song, getting this song done. Which isn't necessarily the
1: right decision to make. No. So then basically Susan decides to leave him and go to the Berkshires because he's just not being a great boyfriend and being very supportive. Uh Michael offers him a job in advertising, he takes it, he does not like it, and basically makes a fool of himself in front of um the advertising woman by saying like was it Chips chubstitute for the the yeah, oil that could potentially yeah. hospitalize you for a brief moment? Yeah. Uh, so Michael's angry but it all comes together when he goes to the swimming pool and he finds an inspiration for his song Before, because he goes to the swimming pool because his power has gone out and um, then the workshop comes up mm-hmm. and then we see Mr. Jonathan Larson announcing his Superbia musical in front of um, in front of all these different music producers from New York, and Michael. Um, has Stephen Steven also... Sondheim shows up. Yeah, and so does he Michael. Knows. So um, that happens. It all goes really well. The song is perfect. It's mm-hmm. like it's really well received. However, he no phones up his up. his um uh, his thingy. What what? Brain fart moment. Hang on. He phones up his agent Agent, thank you very much yes <laughs> his agent rosa who tells him that they all loved it but no one's picking them up you just can't yeah. wait to see what he does next and that breaks him so he goes to michael and he says i need a job in advertising i'll apologize i just need i need money because i'm, I'm sick of waiting and then he talks about running out of time and that's when we learn that michael has been tested positive for hiv which is the twist in the film that if you if you follow jonathan's life you may have it was coming but i certainly didn't and i was very surprised that it took such a dark turn and yeah it was it turned very sad very quickly yeah i mean we hear a
0: lot about this like we hear a lot about the aids crisis obviously it is set in 1990 so this is at the height of it and jonathan has a lot of queer friends who succumb to aids and hiv um, and we hear that he's lost people and one of his other pals freddie goes in the hospital and things but when we learn that it's michael we truly see the severity of this and the impact that it has on yes on um jonathan so he's feeling really down about this he's he's uh, not really knowing how to handle it so he goes in the middle of a baseball field to a lone piano there and sings a song called why and mm-hmm. this is about his life with michael growing up and at this point he starts to realize that hmm what have i been so worried about because the whole kind of plot of this is that he's racing to do things jonathan is always running and running and running he's trying to trying to get this finished trying to put suburbia on trying to do this and meanwhile he's got all these friends around him and and his loved ones who he's just pushing away and he can't really um He can't really see the impact that that is having on them. Uh, So when he learns that Michael has AIDS, he kind of reevaluates and thinks, hmm, he's going to lose his life.
1: Yeah, and that is what matters. Spending time with his friends and family and loved ones is way more important than chasing a dream that may never happen. And it turns out that when you're not chasing your dream and you just let it happen naturally, it does bring success because then he writes Tick Tick Boom, which mm-hmm. is the musical that he's performing in the film. And then he goes on to create Rent, which ran on Broadway for twelve years and was considered one of the most um evolutionary musicals on Broadway.
0: Yeah.
1: But um
0: of we course. see that he Well we don't we we don't really hear about well we we hear about it, we don't see, however, anything to do with ren i think there's a few there's a few clips and then a narrator comes in i think it's the same we... voice as
1: susan i th- i believe that's what the subtitle i think me. so i yeah. think
0: so so we learned that jonathan sadly passed away um the day of his final dress rehearsal for rent so he went to his dress rehearsal he did an interview that night he went back to his home and he died of an aortic aneurysm the day before Rent was supposed to, well, the day before that did, it did open, um, open on, Broadway. on Broadway, which yeah. is just heartbreaking.
1: It was um, really And I sad. don't know if
0: I say this later on, I don't know if I said it here or if I said it early, um, later on, but that, that for me should have had a bit more poignancy in terms of, I felt like we, and it was similar to 1917, uh, again, apologies if I say this later, but not in 1917, in, in the Imitation Game,
1: imitation in the game, yes. Imitation
0: Game where we just kind of heard about the deaths, we didn't see a funeral or anything, so I think we mm-hmm. would have, and because it did have that kind of appreciate your friends kind of thing, I would have liked it if we'd seen all the people that Jonathan did have in his life,
1: mm-hmm.
0: go and go and appreciate that, but we see a, a performance of Wren, I'm sure, um, where the the conductor or the person in charge just says this performance is dedicated to Jonathan yeah. Martin this performance and everyone hereafter um you know and and, uh so yeah the whole thing is really just about him realizing that him having this attitude of no i'm wasting my life and realizing that some people don't even have a life to waste
1: exactly couldn't be put better yes that was tick tick boom thank you for listening to this podcast
0: okay so get into the plot what did you think
1: I thought that the plot was good you know with biopics there's a yeah there's not much you can do yeah like to tell it as truthfully as possible you can't really you can't mold situations into what you want like you can dramatize them for sure but in terms of the timeline in terms of the like the duration um you can't really do much which i which was the reason why i thought that the first half of the film was a bit slow for me
0: yeah and i'm
1: not i'm not gonna lie Um, watching this first i did fall asleep and have a little snooze fest and in the first half. yeah
0: it's difficult when there's not another subplot to follow and you can't you can't have something that cuts away and is like, oh, I'm interested in this now because we as humans nowadays have such a short attention span that it's so hard to focus on the same thing for a long time. Like I had a TikTok that came up on my feed the other day and it was like, do nothing for one minute. Stay at this blank screen. Let's see how bad your attention span is. And I sat there for 10 seconds and then I forgot about what it was. I just scrolled on. Oh
1: my god. <laughs>
0: like, do you know what I mean? But yeah. it's very hard and I too felt that the first half was a lot slower. But then again, yeah. not much you can do and there's not the it doesn't really do much until we actually see that you know, the only thing that we're really focused on in that time is the songs. So when you yeah. know, when there's a song going on we've got things to look at, we've got other people to see, we've got the actual song to listen to, the lyrics. Whereas the choreo. Absolutely, you know, we can't really see much um we we can't really see much until that turning point where he's, he's got the song and Michael has AIDS, and he's that's, you know it's almost like a kind of shift there. It's like you can't have one thing without having that. Exactly. You, know, you can't have bo- them both at the same time. Yeah. Um, and that's almost immediately. You know that's all, like <laughs> his one goal. He's got his song, but then his best friend of all time is Absolutely. has this. Um, and not only does disease. his
1: best friend have AIDS, but his musical didn't even get picked up. And he yeah. to start from scratch.
0: Yeah, which he doesn't. He um, doesn't realize that yeah. that's a just a new opportunity at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, But I thought that they handled the the um, AIDS and HIV aspect of this really well. They, they did it perfectly. Yeah, and they included it all the time. You know, there was always coverage of it, which was really good because mm-hmm. it was so prevalent at that time. You know, it was so yeah. important, um, and, and so I many real, people lost their lives.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I really liked how. Like, it was also cut out of Jonathan's life because he was so obsessed with his production that he didn't have time to look at the TV and um, realise how big of a situation this was because in the first act during the Sunday Moondance, is that what it's called? Sundance? Mm -hmm. uh,
0: Moondance? Moondance.
1: Moondance. Yes, he asks, uh, is it Jeffrey, I believe? I don't think it's Jeffrey. Some, he asks a character about his T levels and they say Oh, it's oh, Freddy. 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 Freddy, yeah. Freddy about his T levels and then like his reaction was just about Yeah, it does not seem doesn't yeah, seem interested like or like he cares.
0: Well, he does. He does at one point cuz he says I'm sure he says oh um he says, "Oh, how can, how you know? I need to go visit my friend in the hospital. I need to go do this, but I don't have time because the song." Yeah. And he's he's almost assigning priority levels to these. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, and you know,
1: so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, as I said, it took me a while to realise that it was actually the musical. The other part was the musical of his life.
1: Yeah, and I really liked when we realised that it was, the story of a musical production within another production like it yeah. was superbia being told inside tick tick boom mm-hmm. and it yeah it would have
0: been exciting to see because the one song that they did have from superbia where they were all rehearsing in the room i did really like that so it would have been great to see what yeah that actually could have been and see if it would have but know. rent is just rent is just amazing i think i'm not sure if i speak about this either but if it has if i haven't mentioned it already later on i i haven't seen rent but the one song that I do know from Rent is um, "Seasons of Love," which I know from uh, the quarterback episode of Glee, which pays tribute ah, to Cory Monteith, who died um, while the show was still ongoing. And you know, every year the Glee fans come out, and they're that song is just so like every time I hear it, oh, and now I can really compare the writing, and I can see that that's him. Yeah. And I can see, it and it just because he obviously this has been this film has been made now, it just um. And that song is just about how, what can you measure someone's life? How do you measure their life and Mm -hmm. um, how much they love someone?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I also like how, um, like, there's so much exposition gotten across in the songs as well. Mm -hmm. And I felt like all the songs had a use, even though they were a bit obvious. I know I'll get into that later on. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Really good. Okay. Right. So now that plot has been covered again, and I can go back to editing this episode for you to come out on Friday at 3 pm. Um, which I shall can go back to this. just.
0: Um, I can go back to finishing our film for next week, which is yes. Bleep.
1: Bleep. Bleep. Yes, you'll find out in approximately. <laughs> One hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Keep okay. listening,
0: guys. Yes, thank it's a you good so much. One.
1: Yes, so over to you, and and Anna from the past. It's
0: Here you come, you. guys. Bye. Bye.
1: Okay, are we ready to get into the characters?
0: Yes, I think so. So, yes. So the main character is
1: obviously Jonathan.
0: Yeah, Jonathan and then our secondary characters are michael and susan and i loved how in the musical michael and susan had their their singer counterparts
1: yes i
0: thought that was really that was really clever and i thought that was really good and they didn't they didn't exclusively say that but it was always it was always it was always implied yeah so i thought that Um, was really good yeah and we've spoken a bit already about about Jonathan's character, but it's hard to, it's hard to create a character when that person has passed away, and you want to you want to pay homage to them.
1: Yeah, and at the same time portray him in a as realistically as possible.
0: Absolutely. Like
1: even his even his flaws, like as I can imagine, for Andrew Garfield it must have been hard to like make Jonathan appear selfish and self-centered at the start because you know this guy is a legend who's the maker of one of Broadway's like most iconic Broadway shows right so yeah absolutely and I feel like Andrew Garfield really did a good job oh my god Andrew
0: Garfield was perfect and it was so nice to see him back Mm -hmm. on the screen because I feel like after Amazing Spider-Man like basically Andrew Garfield was my I think I spoke about this in the last podcast we bought but i had andrew garfield was like my number one crush
1: yes before robbie p
0: and before robbie p i was in love with andrew garfield it must be something to do with the superheroes but um you know in the amazing spider-man i loved him and honestly i don't this man like never ages like because he was like 30 when he was in the amazing spider-man so he must be 40 now
1: wow oh my god yeah he's he's immortal.
0: He he literally looks great. Let's see how old he is.
1: Yeah, because I, I was I was looking kind of on the Letterbox Reviews of the people from my course who um, have watched and reviewed this film, and one of them said, "Why is why as Andrew Garfield not in more things? Which Please past Andrew Garfield in more things."
0: So he's thirty eight.
1: Wow. Oh, he looks he so looks, good there. He looks in his 20s still.
0: He looks, he looks amazing, and he did such a great job there. But I don't know, honestly, really do. what else he's been in since Tick, Tick, Boom. Since Amazing Spider-Man, even. Like, I'm looking I here. And,
1: cannot, I cannot name a single thing except No Way Home.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think... But he's been on a lot of... Like, obviously, he was on Drag Race, and he's been in a lot of British stuff. Yeah. Um,
1: oh, of course he's a British actor. Yeah. yeah.
0: Which I forget all the time. His American accent. Yeah. Bang on. So,
1: it's, all, it's as good as Millie Bobby Browns and Stranger Things.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, but I thought he just, it was so nice to see him on the screen and doing something that, oh my God, he was good at. He was. Yes. He wasn't just... He
1: had a great voice.
0: Oh, his voice translated so, again, translated, translated so well and just fit and his movement. I mean, I watched some footage of Jonathan Larson um, playing and I just was like, you know, and I, th- I read something... Because when this film came out, it was a big buzz on TikTok. I mean, I don't know if you were quite on that side of TikTok, but um, Green Green Dress was trending on TikTok. 3090 was trending. Um, and everyone was obsessed with this film. Yeah. And rightfully uh, so. For a good reason. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I said last week that, that I really wanted to watch it with Millie, and we just never got around to it. So I just was so glad that we were able to talk about it, because it's a a real masterpiece it really is and he just does a great job
1: yeah jonathan obviously is the main character and like he comes across as happy-go-lucky but when the like when the pressure starts mounting on him he becomes way more obsessed and starts cutting other stuff out of his life he basically Mm -hmm. yeah he forgets his girlfriend his best friend and he dives into this world that he's created of superbia to create this final song and he just does not care he doesn't care i didn't get the feeling that he cared that um was it freddie freddie who was hospitalized with aids yeah yeah i just did not feel like he cared whereas at the end when when um the waitress at the sunday bar sunday brunch Sun sundance sun moon,
0: sun dance. moon dance moon dance moon sorry. Dance. yes that's me sun it was sunday uh, at moon dance
1: yes uh the moon dance was like oh he's getting out in a week at the at the end and, and, and like you can sense that john is so relieved that he's okay yeah but whereas at the start he's like oh that's great you look so great like these throwaway comments i just i didn't see the emotion behind them yeah like he was just saying them to act like he cared.
0: No, absolutely. You're totally bang on there, yeah. Hannah. That's that's exactly right. Um, I the only actor mm. that took me out of it a wee bit was was Steven Sondheim. I was and Andrew never took me out of it once. I was really he was really good, but what's his face? You know. He's the dad in Brooklyn Nine Nine, and he's in everything.
1: Evan Ewan McGregor. No. no. <laughs> he's Greg. <laughs> Uh, no, no, no,
0: no,
1: no, no! I'm Bradley so sorry. Bradley Whitford. No. He's he's Pralta's dad. Yes. Oh, uh, for some reason I thought Holt's boyfriend or <laughs> Holt's husband.
0: <laughs> oh, Kevin.
1: Anyway, Kevin. There, there you go.
0: go, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, he. T- I was like, wait, he's supposed to be Steven Zahnheim. I was like, nah.
1: He didn't really have a big part in this film. And I do think like he was one of the weaker roles. Yeah. Like he didn't make an imprint on me. Like
0: obviously it's hard because we can't be like oh if they'd have done this because it's a biopic like you know <laughs> we're we're hearing the true story but like yeah it's it's hard because we can't be like oh if they'd just done this Steven Sondheim would have been better but I had no idea that Steven Sondheim was involved in his career at all.
1: Yeah, me neither. Beforehand, I mean you? I know I knew shockingly lots about jo- Jonathan Larson mm-hmm. before Tick-Tick boom
0: Me too. I think it's it's bringing so much attention to him and it's so nice to see that that's happening.
1: Yeah. It really is. Um I loved Susan though. I loved Susan.
0: Mm I don't know. I think s- Susan I,
1: got the hard end of the stick on this one. She
0: did. She did. Um and I was like, "Oh, I d- I could just see it in him that they weren't committed to each other, you know, you could just... I feel like,
1: you know, that's, that's true.
0: You know, you could just, you could just see that, that they had different things. It wasn't
1: the right time and, like, she wants to go up to the Berkshires and he wants to stay in New York. It just was never going to happen. And I'm glad that, that it didn't happen. I'm glad that they broke up because that's, again, very realistic. Yeah. Again, telling a true story.
0: And And, I'm also
1: glad that Susan was able to follow her dreams as well, because her dreams are as important as John's.
0: True. Yes. Absolutely. See, we support women, unlike Moxie.
1: (laughs) Uff. But I do feel like Susan has more passion for her dancing than John does for his musicals. Only for the reason that, at the start, Susan said that she doesn't care that she doesn't care who she signed on with, or how much money she gets. She just cares about the act of dancing because, like, she's so attached to it.
0: That's true, yeah.
1: And John is kind of like, oh my god, who is going to pick it this up? Who's going to gonna pay un- me? Who's going to pay me ten thousand dollars to pick this up?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. He's more he's more about the money, and he's he's lost that kind of passion for it. That we don't really see him get, but we see real contrast between. Him in real life and him in Tick Tick Boom because we can see he's passionate about what he's doing and he's you know he's
1: yeah he's
0: he's doing it himself. He's not the director. He's in he's in it, you know.
1: Yeah, of course. Um And I feel like that is just society corrupting his his dream. Yeah. Like, because I can totally see for the like, the first eight seven years of Superbius creation, he's just focused on this passion project that he's so so happy to share with Stephen Sondheim in the first, like, uh, presentation. Also, I love saying presentation the American way. Like, it's so satisfying. Like, presentation.
0: Presentation.
1: Instead of presentation.
0: Presentation. Presentation. Yeah.
1: Yeah, see. Yeah. Yeah. And I also love the comedic relief of the other lecturer who's like, yeah, I hated it. And then Stephen Stephen says, oh, I loved it. And you're like, oh, yeah, I I actually loved it, too. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um yeah I think that it's like that with anything you do that if you work too long and too hard at something all at once you lose it.
1: Yeah. You know you you like lose... if you f- if you force it. Yeah, you know. Like if... he's trying to force the creation of a song.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. That's yeah. that's totally right. And I thought that I thought that Michael's character was just great. I loved him.
1: I did. He, I loved him. He brought real, like queer representation.
0: Well, obviously, and... like that's that's it's queer representation in the fact that like that's accurate to his life.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, but I thought that the actor was really great. I thought that um, there was just a real vulnerability, and we we saw that John is like this this kind of extroverted guy who is you know doing all this and at the party, but Michael is this inward kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, it's, it's we'd always see how times have changed when it comes to being gay.
1: In terms of John and Michael's relationship, I feel like he very much is the voice of reason. Yeah, absolutely. he helps to bring, bring John back down to earth from his like, big, like, oh my God, I'm going to take over the world ideas. But at the same time, along with Susan, they have their own lives to, like, live as well. Like, they have their own problems and their own aspirations.
0: Yeah.
1: And, I don't know, there's just a very symbolic moment when they go to his penthouse-type apartment and Michael is happy because he feels like he's accomplished all he's able to in this world. Mm -hmm. Whereas John is just, like... Facing himself up over the song, he is just not having a good day at the at the subway.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah.
0: So shall we move on to the cinematography?
1: Yes, let's do it.
0: So cinematography is obviously super important in a biopic because there's not really too much to focus on in the plot because you're just telling someone's story but the cinematography exactly. is more how you do it and, and, how, and I thought that they did exactly. really well because I think was this over a week
1: yeah the deadline was a week
0: so i think that the um the cinematography really reflected the fast-paced nature and stress of the five days that's the most thing that i got it was that like i felt stress watching it and i felt like because there was so much on jonathan we we felt that
1: so many fast cuts yeah especially the the diner on the sunday brunch like yeah. Everything happening all at once, all at once, all at once. I loved then, all the
0: all the cameos in the Sunday Brunch song as well. That was good. For when Manuel Miranda.
1: Ah uh, nice. Even
0: though I don't yes. ugh, when when Manuel Miranda has to put himself in everything that he does. He's like which I, I mean would I guess do it's like well. a stamp. Yeah, I would do that. Of course. I would do that as well. But at the same time I'm like, there he is.
1: It's kinda like Stanley cameoing in every MCU new <laughs> film.
0: Yeah. When Manuel Miranda's the, is the um, Stanley, the Stanley of, of the
1: of the Miranda verse? <laughs> um, the shaky camera as well. Like I'm not too big of a fan of a shaky camera, but mm-hmm. feel like it was used very well here. Definitely
0: reflects real it being a real story and being raw. Yeah. because th- this whole thing is like it's not supposed to be perfect because we see how exactly how um, down in the dumps he is and like how poor he is and how he's just struggling to get by. So that, that shaking really reflects the kind of teetering that he's on because he's...
1: Literally, that's such a good point.
0: You know, he's he's like trying to write this song. He's trying to make money. His power's gone out. His, his relationship's on the line. His best friend is going to die. And that that shaking just reflects, uh-oh, he's really not stable here.
1: Yeah. I also thought that there was like the balance between the musical stage and the real life, like mm-hmm. biopic aspect of it was really well balanced. Like, I felt like we got... uh, There was a really nice... Like, the balance between the real life and the musical aspect, the musical, like, stage Mm -hmm. with him on the piano. It was really nicely balanced. Like... Yeah. They just complemented each other rather than, like, one outweighing the other. Yeah. Like, there wasn't too much... uh, Real, I'm going to say real life. Yeah. Like...
0: No, I know exactly what you
1: mean. That the musical pits when they were cut didn't feel like they came out of nowhere.
0: Absolutely. And at the same
1: time, there was enough real life that the musical aspects didn't get tiresome or boring. Mm-hmm. Like just watching this guy standing talk, because, like we said, in West Side Story, it's a different atmosphere. Like on the stage, a monologue is fine because you get the atmosphere. But on a screen, you want to see more.
0: Like. True. Yeah, that's right. And like yeah. I know, obviously, this can't be helped, but like. The thing I got from West Side Story is I was like bombarded with songs. Do you know what I mean? It was like, and I, I get that that was the point of it, like, but I was like, nah, this was a this this was much better for me.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Like this was, I love this like leaps and bounds more than West Side Story. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> well, when we
1: get into the score, I will say that for me, West Side Story does take the edge for the songs. I just feel like they're more lyrically enriching than some of the songs here. And I'll I'll get to why I think that. But for cinematography, I feel like Lin-Manuel Miranda directed it really well, especially um, the music sheet in the pool, which gets to our shots of the week.
0: Oh, our shots of the week. Absolutely. I almost forgot about our shots of the week. Yes, let's do it. My shot of the week is really when I started to cry for the first time. And it is during song Why, where um, John has just learned that Michael has AIDS and goes to sit down in the piano. I think it's in a, like a baseball field. Uh, there's just a, a lone piano in the middle there and he just starts singing Why. And it's just, it's just beautiful. And you see all the cuts to the life that they had together and the friendship and it just really really summed up the film because that's really what the film is about at the end of the day it's like him realizing that Mm -hmm. okay there's like that's his his driving force kind of thing so that was that was my shot of the week you can oh also you can if you haven't seen our shots the week already fire on over to instagram they're there
1: yeah go on over
0: at Um, ltfb podcast
1: ltfb podcast or Uh, lbft podcast we should have made, like, a, a shit-posting Instagram, with like, LFTB
0: L-B-F-T. podcast.
1: BBBBB podcast.
0: <laughs> bitch, 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 uh, bitch, bitch. Yeah.
1: I also thought with your shot of the week, like, just the emotion that Andrew Garfield portrayed in that single shot, mm-hmm. that yeah. still was just phenomenal. Absolutely. Like, it just... It's, a, it's like sentiment to how good of an actor he is, mm-hmm. and how overshadowed he's been in Hollywood, because oh. I have seen him in nothing.
0: No, totally. I I honestly don't even know what he's been in. Like, I
1: this... will look it up after the after the episode.
0: Let's let's have a look. You go ahead and talk about yours. Yes.
1: So my shot of the week that you can find on the Instagram page is the shot. It's a white shot that is a bird's eye view over the swimming pool and in the swimming pool on the floor are the sheets like the music bars that line up and like say his song and for me that was just such a beautiful shot like i said in the first watch when i was awake (laughs) i said and and in the first viewing to Chana and Bori, like, this is amazing. This is such a nice shot. Yeah. And both Bori and Chana, like, loved their cinematography. And they were like, yes, oh my God, it's so nice.
0: See, I was thinking, and I was thinking a wee bit Doctor strange
1: But Doctor Strange came out after this, so <laughs> this gets the original five Do
0: you know, I I didn't think, there's one thing about it that I didn't think was great was the CGI. And one bit that really stopped me from being as emotional as I should have been when, when Come to Your Senses was was being sung for the first time was when susan was standing on the balcony it was terrible cgi really bad green screen i didn't
1: notice it i'm not gonna lie i did not notice it. oh
0: when she was sat it looked so fake and so just superimposed on there i was like do you think
1: do you think maybe that was implied because it's his imagination that it can't be perfect
0: no because in your imagination things look perfect like, okay,
1: well, I've never been in your imagination, but I can say from my, from my experience.
0: <laughs> well, I no, it didn't. It didn't um, cut it for me when he was okay. on that part. But and I felt a wee bit like that when the music notes were coming yeah. on. But I I appreciated the the sentiment because I mean I don't know if that's what happened to Jonathan Larson. I don't know if he saw them.
1: I don't think he saw them. It's just a. It's just like a cinematic way of saying like. He's in a place of complete rest and meditation. Like yeah. he's swimming, he's doing something that he likes. He's totally submerged, and like because even all the people in the swimming pool like leave or like go away or disappear. Yeah. And I just like the the notes coming on the the pool floor, just amazing. I absolutely loved it, and the fact that he's surrounded in this peace that has been. Like,
0: yeah you can see this it piece
1: that has has been in like present him for like five days now mm-hmm. it's just it's such a a good payoff for what the film has built up and a good like overcoming of the uh, such a great obstacle because they could easily have just said oh i've got it and then shoot, i've got it no, but that, i feel like that was such a natural way and again good payoff
0: I was just about to look up did Jonathan Larson actually see notes and in the, in the search for Google it's a Stranger Things spoilers. Did Jonathan and Nancy break up? Did Jonathan and Nancy date? I've, not even, I've just typed in did Jonathan. Did Jonathan <sighs> kill the Demogorgon?
1: He didn't. No, he didn't. No. Spoilers did, jo-
0: <laughs> did Jonathan Larson see music notes?
1: I mean, there. I guess there'll be no way to to say if he did or not.
0: Yeah, but he he might have re, like recounted it. Have, maybe, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, but... If you,
1: if anybody knows, then let us know. We'll <laughs> really appreciate it. Let
0: us know in the comments.
1: Slide into our DMs. <laughs> Slide um, into
0: Anna's DM if you want that kind of DM.
1: Yeah, and you know, I feel like I've mentioned it again before but i mentioned again i am a sucker for four by three aspect ratio yeah and it was used so well in this film like um four by three at the start and four by three at the end like even though it was andrew garfield playing it just felt like actual footage from jonathan larson's life yeah and i really enjoyed that and it really got across the time period that jonathan larson lived in because i know that Sometimes with biopics, it gets kind of lost in translation.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like a decade. Yeah. So to
1: cement this right at the start is such a clever thing for Miranda to do. Or Moran- Lin-Manuel Miranda.
0: Lin-Manuel Miranda. When you said Miranda then I was like, wait, are we talking about Miranda again? I was like... <laughs> <laughs> so that being said, let's move on to soundtrack. So the first thing I want to say soundtrack. about the soundtrack, what was your favourite song?
1: My favorite song was the Sunday brunch song.
0: Oh, nice. That's a good one.
1: That is a good one. Lyrically, it's my favorite. Uh, sonically it just sounds so good. The backing mm-hmm. vocals, they're really like <laughs> like very nice to the ear. And yeah. <laughs>
0: that was the highest what sound was your you've ever song? made. <laughs> <laughs> so, I couldn't decide between my two favorites because I just loved the music, I love Jonathan Larson's like, way of writing and mm-hmm. his really interesting use of time signatures, of the way harm, Like, w- but listening to this back, because listen, I listened to the versions on YouTube of the original like Jonathan Larson singing it and obviously you know the Lin-Manuel Miranda produced ones and Lin-Manuel Miranda does this amazing thing where he just like makes these harmonies and it's so good. So my favorite song was either Johnny Can't Decide or Why, um, which both have similar openings with with, um, the piano. Mm. Um, And I think that's what I really gravitated towards. But Why is just incredible. Why is just...
1: It really is. It's such a good...
0: It's just uh, Why really tells a story, whereas I think I like Johnny Can't Decide sonically better.
1: mm -hmm. All the songs are very expositional. And, um, yeah, I just, you know, you really get a lot out of the songs mm-hmm. in terms of plot.
0: It drives the plot. I, that. It
1: drives the plot.
0: Absolutely. Like, there's no... And, but now, that's the whole like, thing of it. But at the Tick same
1: Boom. time, it drives the plot and it does it in a very obvious way. Mm-hmm. Like, the lyrics are just like, like, oh my God, I'm writing a musical. Superbia is going to be amazing in Broadway I'm writing this and I can't find the song or like and for this film it was good but for me taste wise I feel like West Side Story like these kind of songs that imply more than they tell you are not loving for what I'm saying right now but yeah yeah but that's where we differ
0: yeah I think I think I I much prefer this style of music um oh yeah And I just loved it. I just thought it was so good. And I really was like, like, because I'd heard 3090 and Green Green Dress on, even though Green Green Dress wasn't originally um, Jonathan Larson, I don't think. But I heard 3090 on TikTok, which I actually didn't. Do you know what 3090 is? Because it's, what do you think it is?
1: It's his 30th birthday in 1990
0: well that's what i get now from it but for ages i was like 30 slash 90 is it oh he's he's 30 he's turning 30 out of the 90 years that he's gonna live so my soul
1: that's very optimistic
0: so yeah well especially for the 90s so i was like so i've been going through this and then it was only when i was in the car i was driving to my quiz the other night and i was listening to it and i was like turn 30 90, 90, and i was like Ah, ah. No, But things like that don't translate to me. Things like that are like, I need them to say, even though they literally did say yeah. in the song, turn 30, 1990. And I was like, See,
1: oh. remember, I, I called back to our subtitle chat in Parasite last week and I had the subtitles on for Parasite. Um, obviously for Parasite, for Tick Tick Boom. <laughs> so I, you know I read. You not I read. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, oh, funny story actually. Remember when I said that in the cinemas, no subtitles are the norm? Uh
0: huh.
1: I went to the I went to the cinema to see Crawdads. Uh
0: huh.
1: And it was subtitled. Yes. Yeah, and love I felt to like I felt like I was I was laughing like just like I just said that <laughs> no subtitles are the norm, and here comes a film that has subtitles in it. Yeah. And I, yeah, anyway, um. Subtitles, yeah. That's kind of how I got, or how the meaning hammered home for me.
0: Yeah, I, I thought that, um, oh, I just, the, the, I thought the lyrics were just so, like, simple, but at the same time, just, oh, chef's kiss. I, I love this kind of music. And that ticking motif in every song, you, we heard it every part, and it, it yeah. really just... Um, the ticking
1: sound is really a motif for, like I said, the stress and anxiety yeah, and just the the whole like time is running out. Yeah, You're, the whole the whole theme that left. he's
0: he's feeling you don't have much ticks left. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wonder how many ticks we've got left in our lifetime. We're already down I by know. two, okay. three, four, five. Okay.
1: That's just got very intense and very scary very fast.
0: So talking about the motifs, that ties in very uh clearly to the themes. Yes. So I have here what is life really about? Is it fall about following your dreams or, yeah. or being with loved ones? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and obviously he, he was losing both Michael and Susan
1: at the same time,
0: and he was just like, no, it doesn't matter because it's my dream. But then when we when we hear about you know he's kind of and that's kind of passive, and then when we hear about <laughs> Michael and when Susan, when he has that that a uh, song where. Th- Therapy comes in. Mm-hmm. He he kind of gets a slap in the face, and he's like, "Oh shit! Wait a minute!" But he's yeah. always, he's obviously having an existential crisis about this.
1: Obviously. Exactly. Like for the, for me, the theme was running out of time yeah. and the theme of love. And in in terms of love, it's like the love for his musical is obviously greater than his love for Susan or his friends are. And or not even you know, his it's, love for it's it, good.
0: but like his need his, for. For There's a need
1: for validation. Yeah.
0: Aha. Yep. So, because he he doesn't um, the whole thing is he doesn't want this to go to waste, and it, yeah. it's not that he well I mean he doesn't need, it, he doesn't this... want money out of it but it's that he wants to be recognised.
1: Exactly. He wants he wants the, like oh my god John, you have done an amazing this is amazing thing yeah. and even when he gets that, it's still like a double edged sword where, like. He's just he gets it and then he still is not happy because he's still like Susan said, it doesn't change him. Nothing's yeah. changed. And I guess that breaks him a little bit. Yeah. That's um, true. The dream dreams like thing that goes through the entire film. Um everyone has dreams and John's lesson is that he has to give others time to, like, talk to him about their lives because I at the at the start of the film he's always talking about his workshop to mm-hmm. so the point where character's saying, oh, my God, I didn't know you had a workshop then. Yeah. Like, it's very, like, it's very...
0: It's very, like, um, I'm going to Paris. Wait, what? You're going to-
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I get your struggle, John. <laughs> And also the threat of death, the preciousness of life. Like,
0: yeah, how quickly this, it can just I don't be taken have time.
1: Away. Yeah. Like, he takes life for granted. Literally, he's literally wasting his time by worrying about wasting his time.
0: Yeah. Which is something that comes with every anxious person. You know, I think everyone that's yeah, anxious has literally. heard once, one time or another in their life, oh my God, you're going to spend so much time worrying, you're going to forget to live life. And when I was told that originally, I was like, oh, fuck this like i can't help worrying but yeah now that i'm a bit like i have better strategies to handle it i'm like oh shit i can decide not to worry about this mm-hmm. do you know what i mean I you can, can just d-
1: decide not to give a f- to give a shit <laughs> to and give it to give an f <laughs> <laughs> to give an f to give a fuck um <laughs> what was i gonna say i was gonna say something very philosophical right there but I. <laughs> sorry no, it wasn't philosophical at all. It was... I don't... Like, I worry a lot because I am also hashtag anxious. But I have, I have wasted so much time deciding what to watch each night. And each night, I just go to something I've already watched.
0: Big Bang Theory. See, this is the thing. Yeah. This is the thing. It's comforting to watch something that you've watched.
1: It is. Because you know
0: exactly what's going to happen. And you're like... You're not like... You know, you can laugh at the same jokes
1: exactly there's like so much peace in like just switching off and going through the motions with something you already know yeah just like like this like i could have had a stressful day and just wanted to like do like watch something i know will make me be- feel better yeah absolutely yeah
0: okay so yeah. i think that was tick tick boom yeah it was woohoo yes. shout out to us great so Anna, uh, so we did it. What would you rate this film?
1: I would give it a seven point five out of ten.
0: I'm gonna give it um, an eight and a half. Nice. Yeah. I
1: definitely recommend this for any any biopic stands out there.
0: Any any musical fans, any just anyone yeah. who wants to like feel something because you really do feel something when you go through it. You really do, yeah.
1: Even if you're not like if you're not queer and you're not don't relate to the, to the HIV side of things. Like people of LGBT uh, status might like, it still gets to that. Like it's just so existential.
0: Oh, it is. Absolutely. It is. It's, um, yeah. And you, you relate because when he's saying all these things in, in 30, 19, he's like friends, uh, lines on your face are getting longer. Friends getting fatter. And, 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 mm-hmm hair's getting thinner it's like it's like those are like common thing like common like something that all happens but then you're kind of like faced with it like oh my god what am I doing with my life
1: (laughs) I know oh my god I'm turning I'm turning 20 in like a month
0: Oh.
1: but I will say at the end when he is playing on the piano and the spotlight comes down on him and it turns out that it's the poster yeah like with him on the piano with the spotlight and he's just like He's just uh, playing the happy birthday tune. and I thought that was such a nice way to end the film.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And really
1: brought it full circle. But
0: then it's so heartbreaking when he's like, he's like, Jonathan Larson passed away from an aortic aneurysm. I know. It's just so sad.
1: Like, he finally...
0: Got what he wanted. He fi-
1: we finally pa- pushed through this existential fear. Had mm-hmm. his existential crisis. And then, what does the world give him?
0: yeah that's just that's just emphasizes the theme of like don't spend your time worrying more because as soon as he got what he wanted it was gone yeah you know he didn't even get to see Five ren years later. actually on broadway you know which is
1: that just... is that is devastating i'm yeah. so i feel so sad for him
0: okay yes. so you would watch this film again
1: definitely maybe in like two or three weeks time
0: yeah so would i like
1: yeah so would i but i would
0: um, I'll be listening to this soundtrack forever. This is definitely one of my favourite Yeah, there's definitely some
1: songs I want to listen to again.
0: Yeah, I've, I've been listening to these songs like for the past week, like just on the play all Yeah. Come on repeat, come on repeat. That is not in the, the film. That is a Charlie XCX song. Well.
1: Oh my God. So, a Charlie XCX uh, reference done. <laughs> We're ready to move Tick. on. Take. Tick.
0: Uh, <laughs> Okay. So our picks of the week Mixed. for next week.
1: Yes, so my pick of the week to you is a film that I, I really really hope you might enjoy a bit more. But it is I guess again it's it's out of your comfort zone. I'm just gonna say that. It's called the Dias, Dallas Buyers Club.
0: Oh, I've always wanted to watch that.
1: Yeah, good. Oh. Yeah, that is your pick of the week. It's basically about this man who gets diagnosed with AIDS says he's had a month to live and he really wants to spread the word and spread, like, how living with AIDS can be different. Yeah. And I I really liked it. I gave it four and a half stars. I'm excited.
0: I'm excited to watch that. Yeah.
1: I think it's also based on a true story as well.
0: So, my... My pick of the week for you. Anna and I had a bit of a conversation about this, that we didn't really know what our picks of the weeks were going to be.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And I was like, at the start... Now, this is not your pick of the week, but this is what was going through my head. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give her Toy Story. And, <laughs> and
1: Are you the, serious?
0: And then... Um, Are you going to
1: give me Toy Story 4 now?
0: <laughs> no, I'm actually going to give you another film that we talked about in the not podcast. Not Sonic the
1: Hedgehog 2. <laughs>
0: that you said you had never seen. I'm going to give okay. you... High school
1: musical, oh, nice, yes. <laughs> now, thank please
0: you. beware my high school musical ranking goes three to one. So, oh, so
1: one is your least favorite, yeah.
0: One is definitely my least favorite, so they but-
1: get better after each sequel. That's interesting. Oh, or in terms of you,
0: absolutely. Some people, most people say two is their favorite, two used to be my favorite for a long time, but I really like three. Three is, three is really good. Have
1: you been watching High School Musical, the musical, the series on Disney Plus? No,
0: no, I want, no. But all the actors from the original High School Musical, i.e. Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens, who was in this, um, they've all been back at the school and have posted about it. So High School Musical reunion, maybe. But I have such a connection to High School Musical. Like I can remember, (laughs) right, I've got two bad stories. About yes, high school, so I used to have High School Musical to the film on my iPod that was like, I don't know, like ten centimeters tall. And like, had like the actual. <laughs> yeah, and I used to have it on my docking station. Do you, did you have a docking station? I had a docking. I station. wasn't.
1: I wasn't an Apple girl back in the day.
0: I had a docking station for my iPod, and it had speakers on it. And I used to, I remember, I was singing in my room to a song. Called the music and me, you are the music and me from High School Musical two, and I was dancing around, and I was I was cleaning my room, and I was, what, and I was I don't know what age I was. And my I turn around, and my mum is just standing at the door, like watching me, and I was like go so, go.
1: Oh my god!
0: And so that is that my, is adorable. Yes. So I did that, and then my other memory associated with High School Musical is um, I can remember being in Tesco in Dumfries when High School Musical 3 was on DVD and I was begging for High School Musical 3 on DVD and I, I got it because I'm spoiled.
1: Nice, of course. And I can
0: remember it came up with little crayons and I had this... I had a High School Musical suitcase. I had a High School Musical, like, notebook. I had High School oh Musical God. bed sheets. I loved High School Musical. And all my friends from uni, we did a High School Musical song at karaoke for our, like, end-of-year celebration. Yes.
1: Um,
0: so anyone from uni that's listened to this, hello and... Bet on it, bet on it, bet on me
1: it's, So I have two, I have two questions One, so is Hannah Montana in High School Musical Or is Hannah Montana a separate thing Because I always get the two mixed Oh my stuff.
0: god You really were not a Disney Channel kid, were you? I was not Right, we need to put this on the Instagram This is going to Oh my god That is the Right, okay, it's, it's okay It's okay Hannah Montana is completely separate. So Completely separate. Hannah okay. Montana started off as she had her own. Is there own... not like
1: a collaboration between the two? No. No? Okay.
0: Not that I can think. The only thing is that Miley Cyrus has a cameo in High School Musical 2. That's it.
1: I see. So ha- must.
0: Hannah Montana started off as a TV show and then came the High School Musical films. But Hannah Montana also has her own film, which is fucking good. Oh my god, that film is so good. I watched it, like, so I went to the cinema to see it when I was really young, and I, it was a bit, I was like, oh, this is a bit shit because it was, it's, it's like a drama film. It's not a comedy, it's a, it's a drama. Oh. And she goes through some real, like, she goes through some shit, and I recently oh re- rewatched it, and I was just crying and crying and crying and crying and crying. Like, it's so good. But what's your other question?
1: Um. Fuck, I don't. Oh, no, I can't remember what it was. I I think it was something got to do with you talking about buying High School Musical 3 in the store. Oh, my God, it is completely gone. Like...
0: Darn. I'm
1: so sorry. If I
0: could turn back time...
1: That's it, that's it, that's it. There
0: you go. Cher helped (laughs) us.
1: This is probably another stupid question, but is the song, we're all in this together. Is that from High School Musical? Yes.
0: Yeah,
1: there we go.
0: (laughs) Yes, that is from High School Musical. It's the first one and the last one.
1: Nice.
0: So yeah, the second one, so if you have a chance to watch second, two and three, do it, because they're way better than the first one, but you need the first one to like set up. But the, I, just a little bit of background. I want to be Sharpay, like end of. Sharpay is like my spirit animal.
1: Okay, I will look up for Sharpay.
0: Sharpay, yeah. Yes.
1: Great. Okay, so next week we will be discussing and going into very deep dips of the highest grossing film of all time. What is it, Neve? Sonic 2. <laughs> Bye.
0: <laughs> it's Avatar, guys. It's Avatar. Avatar. Which I am so, like, I remember this coming out. Like...
1: Have you seen it before?
0: No, I've never seen it.
1: Me neither. I'm
0: really intrigued. Isn't I'm... it really long?
1: Yeah, it's like two and a half hours.
0: Oh, damn. Um well...
1: But we're, we decided to do Avatar because the sequel is coming out in November, so I want to get to grips with what happened in the first one before I go to the cinema to see the second one.
0: Yeah.
1: Because the second one looks really good, I will say.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously I don't know the story. I I don't even, like, is it... Like, let's see if they've got, like, a... All I know
1: is that it's about blue people and it's not the Smurfs.
0: Avatar blurb. A paraplegic marine dispatched to the moon, Pandora, on a unique mission, becomes torn between following his orders and protecting the world he feels is his home. Okay. When his brother is killed in robbery, paraplegic marine Jake Sully... Decides to take his place in a mission on the distant world of Pandora.
1: And this just goes to show that we are going into this movie blind. So if we get any details,
0: yeah, it says, wrong,
1: like we did with Parasite and the pandemic film. It we says do it's
0: apologize. set here. The story's set in the year twenty-one fifty-four.
1: Oh my god! So
0: that's almost like a like a hundred and a bit years in the future.
1: One hundred twenty years.
0: Yeah. One hundred thirty.
1: One hundred
0: thirty-two. That's, mm. oh well hope we'll see it then hope we'll see if the world yes. actually actually is like that in a two one five four. <laughs> okay. okay
1: so thank you so much for listening
0: thank you guys we hope you've you enjoyed this catch,
1: yes please let us know if you want us to review any of your favourite films please or do if you have anything you want to tell us about Tick Tick Boom or any other film that we've Reviewed in the past. Here's few a weeks. question
0: for you guys: Toy Story 4, yay or nay? Go crazy!
1: It's a yay for me.
0: It's a nay for me.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> uh, yes. So you can email us at ltfbpodcast at gmail You can find us on Instagram, where we'll only be posting podtastic content. That's
0: our thing now. At, podtastic at content.
1: Ltfb podcast, and you can also. Help us out by giving this a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Music. Please, Apple please, 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 please. We're please. dying for your feedback.
0: Please, we have a nice, please. we have a nice um, five-star review. I think we have one so far. So, please, 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 oh, nice. please. please, please. Do give us a review there. It really, really helps us out. Yes. And uh, we've got some really exciting stuff planned for you guys in the future.
1: Yes. And and
0: I have really planned do. out in detail the full year so we know every single film that we're going to review. Um, and
1: there are some bangers on the list. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Like, you guys should get excited. Yeah,
0: yes. Big time. Yeah. Big
1: time. Okay. okay.
0: Thank you so much thank for you listening. So much for...
1: Yes. This thank has you been
0: Niamh and Anna for Let's Talk Films. Signing Witches.
1: off.